0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and today we've got a special guest, Joe Casabona. How are you doing, Joe?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Good. Joe is one of those super passionate teachers. He has a bunch of uh, education and teaching projects that involve uh, teaching online and some component, and also his skills as a professionally trained computer scientist and web developer. Those projects are called WP in One Month. He has a How I Built It podcast where he gets into uh, entrepreneur interviews and and gets into how people built up um, software businesses. And then uh, he does some teaching for the University of Scranton online in health informatics. So Joe, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, very excited to chat with you about teaching and course development and stuff.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, for the people who haven't heard of you yet, can you give us a little bit of your story, like where you came from, you know, who are you and and what what makes your clock tick? Like, what are you up to?
1: Yeah, definitely. So uh, I am uh, Joe Casabona. I am about 31 years old Uh, I've got a wife and a six seven week old daughter Uh, and aside from that I'm a web developer and a teacher Uh, I kind of fell into both I knew I was really into computers when I was a kid Uh, and then uh, my parish asked me if I could build them a website they're like Joe you know we know you know you're good with computers can you build us a website and I said I don't really know how to do that and they said, we'll pay you. And I said, yeah, I'll do that. You'll pay me? Absolutely. I'm like, sure. Uh, and from, I like absolutely loved it. Uh, so I I did, I started freelancing when I was 15. I did it all throughout high school and college. Uh, I majored in uh, computer science and have my master's in software engineering, uh, which was really fun to do. Like I love planning software. Uh, and in grad school, I got a, a teaching assistantship. So um I would essentially like do like a ten minute lecture, and then have the students work on some project as like a supplement to another course that they had to take in the computer science department. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I realized that uh, I like teaching as much as I like programming. Uh, so uh, while I have been uh, kind of in the higher ed space and, and the agency world, I, I'm a front end developer at Crowd Favorite. Um, I I wanted to continue that passion for teaching. I taught in-person classes at the University of Scranton for a while. And then when I moved away from Scranton, that's when I decided to start WP in one month as a way for me to continue developing courses and teaching people. So uh, I think that's everything. Oh, and then how I built it was kind of like an offshoot of WP in one month. I was asking a lot of people how they were building their online courses and their websites. And I said, hey, these are conversations that are probably great for public consumption. So uh, I started the podcast I guess about eight months ago, nine months ago. That's awesome.
0: Well, where does that come from in you? Because some people, you know, they're really good at something, whether that's web development or whatever kind of skill or or craft, but they don't necessarily, they kind of have to work hard to figure out that teaching piece or how to be a good teacher. It sounds like that was just kind of natural and enjoyable for you out of the gate. Where do you think that comes from?
1: Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that with my wife because I realized that it did come naturally. And I was like, this doesn't, this is not something that comes naturally to a lot of people. Uh, I think probably, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm an extrovert. Like at WordCamp US, I walk in, there's like thousands of people and I was immediately energized. Like I was really excited to be there. Um, and I did drama club a lot. So I knew I liked being in front of people and entertaining. Um, so I try to make my classes entertaining I hope they are um, uh, and i've I've always enjoyed I've always had a thirst for knowledge and i I like explaining the things that I've learned to other people so uh it's it, it's something that definitely comes natural to me and I, I really enjoy doing it and um, you know it's it's i'm also i guess I'm also really good at coming up with analogies which is something that really helps me with teaching um so I think it's just a combination of things. I I enjoy the being in front of people factor. I love learning myself and so I I take what I learn and I I like kind of distributing that knowledge to other people.
0: That's awesome. That's that's really cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about your course in in the WP in 1 month and uh there's this lesson we go through as course creators where you know, maybe we don't want to make something too general or we were teaching to people as if they know too much or whatever. Like we forgot what it's like to be a beginner, but basically that's just a journey from of discovering your target market and figuring out, okay, I'm a web developer. I can teach people, but which where in the journey are they, or how did you define the target market and who you wanted to teach to?
1: Yeah, that's something that's super tough. Like whether you're teaching online courses or in person, um, I remember explaining to my intro to computer uh, students like the difference between a post and a page in WordPress. And they looked at me like I was insane. And it was something that I've been working with since 2004 or whenever pages were implemented, 2006. So it, like it was very inherent to me. And they were like, they're both pages on a website. And I was like, all right, got to re- gotta reel it in a little bit and, and explain. Um, so when I define my target market, uh, well, Sean Hesketh is a good friend of mine. Um, and he's been a bit of a mentor and he runs WP one oh one and there's no way that I can compete with like his audience and the quality of work that he does, and I wouldn't want to anyway, again, because he's he's a friend. So I was like, all right, one oh one, I'm I'm gonna leave to Sean, right? The beginner Uh, market. Yeah, exactly. Uh my good friend uh Brian Richards runs WP Sessions. Uh, and that's a bit more of an advanced market, right? And there's, like, there's like programming classes, like, out the wazoo, I feel. Um, and so I was like, all right, so that's not really the market I want either. So if if WP 101 is 101, that's beginner. And, and WP Sessions is, like, your graduate-level courses, right? Like, demystifying databases and things like that, like crazy, like WPCLI. Um, and that's, like, the 501 courses. I, I want to be in the middle, right? So I decided I'm going to go with 301. Uh, I read a great article about, like, how the website implementer is dying, right? Like, people are graduating from implementer to programmer, and so there are these $10,000 websites, uh, but there are small businesses who cannot pay that, and so I I thought, hey, I'll target the implementer, right? That's That's a, there's an obvious selling point there to say, hey, if you take my course for 50 bucks... You will immediately get that money back the first time you like somebody hires you to make a website for five hundred bucks, um, and it's also a market a market that I felt was untapped, and it's something I really enjoy doing. Right, there's a lot of cool tools out there. I like using them, uh, so I said, "All right, three hundred one site implementer and intro to programming." So I'm going to take somebody from their beginner journey. I'm going to teach them some new skills, and I'm going to start them on their path to The 501, right? The WP sessions. So um, that's how. That's a long story on how I came up with my target audience, but I think there's a lot of good context
0: there. Yeah, that's that's really good, and I think defining a clear starting point and also a clear finishing point is just critical. And you know, for me, listening to what you're saying, I'm actually a WordPress power user, but I'm not a developer at Lifter LMS. I have business partner CTO. He's hardcore developer. Um but I've always been curious. I'm more of the marketing and the business side, but it's been on my list to really get a better understanding of programming. So like you're with all those words you're using and the way you're describing, it, I'm like, man, I need to take Joe's course so that I can, you know, kind of stick my foot in the water and just the more I understand it, it'll just help inform my thinking there. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying there. And <clears throat> I think it. You're, what you're talking about also just reveals that, it's not just beginners in advance. There's this whole spectrum and you can like, you know, no matter what, what the topic is, just pick your slice or your segment. You're not necessarily at one end or the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and knowing how to use WordPress is, is one thing. And then knowing how to set up like a podcast website is something totally different because there are endless tools and themes and, and things and content that you have that you don't know just from learning WordPress. So uh, teaching somebody how to use WordPress is, is excellent. Like And, and I, again, I can't say enough great things about WP 101. Uh, at the beginning of each of my courses, I say, if you don't know how to use WordPress, go over here and learn how to use WordPress first, uh, because I'm not gonna cover that. Uh, I'm gonna show you the tools that I have found from my 15 years experience um, The ones that I think are the best are the ones that I I use personally, and we're going to build a site together. That's awesome.
0: And uh, so I know you have a course on Beaver Builder, right? So what is, what does a course like that entail? Like what, what kind of, like, what is the learning objective and what's like, how do you pitch that course?
1: Yeah. So Beaver Builder, uh, up and with Beaver Builder is my most popular course uh, because there's a very obvious community of people I can market to, which is great. Like I'm part of the Beaver Builder group. Um, And I thought I use Beaver Builder a lot. A lot of people are using Beaver Builder, but um, I kind of reached out to, to Robbie and Justin, the guys at Beaver Builder. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, I want to do a webinar on how to use Beaver Builder. Would you guys want to sponsor that? And they said, yeah, absolutely. Like our, our knowledge base is still growing and, So I did an hour-long webinar. It was really popular. And I decided to parlay that into a course. And for all of my courses, uh, because we're building something, I like to come up with a concept. Uh, So I want a concrete thing. I'm not just going to, like, walk through the features of Beaver Builder because that gets kind of tedious and kind of boring, and, you know, you can read that. So uh, what I did was I came up with a concept uh, called Millennium Flight's It's a a travel service to take you to different planets. Um, And uh, we built a website for that. So like I came up with five pages of content. Uh, I looked at the modules that Beaver Builder has and I said, okay, what what content would be good for this module so I can kind of show and demonstrate. Uh, And then the big value add for that course was I also showed uh, students how to use the Beaver Builder theme Uh, because a lot of people are using the the plugin. There's lots of tutorials out there, but the Beaver Builder theme was a whole other thing. And so uh, I said, you know, here's how you use the Beaver Builder to design a good site. Here's how color theory works a little bit. Here's how you combine fonts. Uh, So the concept is here you have a blank slate. We have a business and we want to build a website with Beaver Builder and each module kind of, I introduce it. This is how Beaver Builder works. Here's how the theme works. And then we're going to build each page as a lesson. That's awesome.
0: <clears throat> um, I'm a huge Beaver Builder fan, the Lifter LMS homepage, uh, our demo site where we demo the software we use, Beaver Builder, and it's what we recommend when people are looking for a page building tool. So if you, anybody listening is working with Lifter or just building websites in general, I highly recommend you check out Joe's course on Beaver Builder. And I really want to dig into one of the things that you mentioned there, which was... <clears throat> Um, you didn't do a course that was a feature tour. What you did is you created the, um, the interplanetary travel business website. And the reason I th- want to dig into that is because we have a tendency as course creators to often try to put too much into a course. Um, and we, we teach about this uh, in, some of our, in some of our other podcast episodes, but we talk about three different types of courses. There's the resource course. There's the Learn a Process course, and then there's the Behavior Change course. And, some, and then there's kind of a fourth one that's like a hybrid of some or all of those. A lot of people, what I don't recommend doing is building a resource course, especially your first time around where you're just building this library of knowledge. Um, it's, it can be harder to sell. It is way more prone to getting bloated and getting too much and people not finishing it. Um, resource courses are good for the right target market and the right student at the right point who needs like you know a general general knowledge about something but what you did what I heard when you were telling your story there is you took what could have been just like a feature tour like here's the resource course 101 beaver builder here's what all these modules and things do instead you contextualized it and, and put a story around it and be like, all right, let's build an actual website. So now we're talking about a process which uh is a lot easier <clears throat> for people to learn by and also you kind of have a it's just more fun and it's easier to communicate on or whatever. So I, I just want to commend you for for making that call and it's extra work as a teacher to I mean you can just shoot from the hip and roll out a resource course or you can plan out your curriculum and be like, all right, I gotta get some examples. I got to get some exercises and like really think it through. So yeah. Tell us, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, that is, it is a lot more work. And I, I gave a WordCamp talk last year on kind of developing a course for WordPress, uh, where I define my process and I come up with the concept. Um, and that gets reworked. Like it's not, it's not a uh, waterfall. Like if we're going to talk about software development, uh, it's not a waterfall process where I've done I've done one and now I'm on to two. It's it's more of an agile or uh, it's like a circular process um, where I've done one, I start to do two, and I'm like, all right, well the the about page doesn't really lend itself to this, so let's go back and revisit the content. Um, and I I tell people you know learn by doing. That's how. That's how I learned web development. It was pretty effective for me. But it, it also makes things concrete, right? Like I can explain to you, um, like how to throw a fastball, right? Uh you take the baseball and you make you make sure that your fingers are on the seams and you throw and you release here, or I can throw a baseball and then give it to you to throw and adjust. Um and that's like that's the approach I wanna take with my courses because like you said, it sticks a lot more. I'm not just saying This is the post module. You can make three different kinds of layouts with the post module. I say, here's our recent news. Here's what we want it to look like. Here's how we do it with the post module. So, and, um, you know, people are actually seeing a a website come together. Uh, And they generally, if, if, if people are taking my courses, they probably have a specific task in mind anyway. So my course is helping them figure out that specific task.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I like what you said, people are seeing a website coming together and what it is, you know, the simple way to say that is to show, don't tell, like, don't just talk about the features, just like, let's, let's dig in and throw the ball or build the site. That's awesome. Well, in our, in our pre-chat, you also, in your portfolio of teaching ability, besides public speaking, online courses, you also do this um, uh, online course for the university of Scranton. And, in my understanding of that, you, you help create the curriculum, but you also have some live components and, um office hours and things. Can you tell us, some people would call that blended learning, like blending the live with the online or the, uh, the passive, you know, mm-hmm. asynchronous content, but tell us what, what goes down in your live interactions? Like what's, what are, what is that like and what kind of tools do you use for that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so it's, The the official name escapes me. It's like an intro to health informatics. And basically, we combine health administration with computer science. Uh, So what we're doing is we're giving people primarily in the health field in this course, an introduction to Python programming. Uh, And I'm very familiar with an introduction to Python programming, because I learned Python basically for this course. Um, And so, you know, I knew that, you can read a textbook and, and learn so much, but like programming, there's a, especially if you've never seen it before, you have to set up your environment and you have to um, make sure that everything's running correctly and things like that. So we built in, I developed, this with another professor at the university, professor Jackowitz. Uh, we built in two live check-ins where uh, we use Skype. Um, I think uh, the university uses engage for their online learning platform. um, And they have like a a thing called big blue button or something for video chat, but everybody has Skype just about. So uh, I I use that. I tell my students it's going to be a face-to-face thing uh, because I want to see them. I want them to see me. So it's not just another kind of virtualized thing. Uh, And I ask them basically, how's it going? Do you have any questions? What issues have you run into? I noticed with your first few assignments, you did this. Can you talk me through that? Uh, Did you have any stumbling blocks here? Uh, And it it adds, you know, a human component, right? Um, You know, because you you can read a tutorial or you can take a largely text-based course and then um, you can maybe leave a a comment or a question in the Q&A form or something like that. But uh, I want my students to know that there is somebody on the other side of the computer who's actually, like, keeping tabs on them. Uh, and again, it's a little bit more work, right? Like I um, I could just answer their questions via email and not have to like set up a time for all of the students. Um, but it's it's a passion I have. I want to make sure I, I'm doing my due diligence because they're paying all this money to take the course. I want to make sure that they're getting the most out of it. And I want them to know that programming is hard. I know I've been there and I constantly remind myself of that you're not going to get it on the first try. And that's okay. That's why I'm here for you. So that's
0: awesome. Well, there's two things in there. I just really want to highlight, which was the, um, the feedback loop. I mean, if you're teaching online and you don't have a feedback loop, I think your words were, where are you struggling or what you talk about obstacles and things like that. If there's no mechanism for that, you're really limiting the upside it's more of a an owner's manual or a video version of a textbook and that's it but once you introduce that feedback loop um, you, you know you could people are different people struggle in different ways when you hear things over and over again the same problem then you as the teacher may be like oh well I need to improve this lesson over here because my people aren't getting it uh, or maybe somebody just needs personalized support and uh, you have to have an avenue for that and it's also yeah that's more work but you can charge more for that um you know if you're doing it on your own without a university or if you are connected with some kind of school the when you have the ability for customized support that just increases the value of the program so that's awesome yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah. how like i mean how great would it be if like on christmas eve you're building something for your kid and you could just like video chat with the person who put it together and be like hey I don't can't find the piece that I need here. It's four in the morning. My kids are going to be up in an hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really neat, uh, there you go. See, that was one of Joe's talents right there, which is analogy. So (laughs) I don't know if that was exactly analogy, but you took something and you put it into context into a story that like makes total sense. And I'm going to remember that now forever on Christmas, when I'm struggling, fiddling around with something like, where's the red phone? There's not one. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. The other thing is just, you know, if we're really committed to doing great work in education, um, we've all been in those classes where the teacher is teaching the same curriculum in the exact same way they did for the past 30 years. So the feedback loop is also an opportunity to improve as a teacher and to adapt with the times. I mean, especially with technology, things are changing all the time. Tools are changing, uh, resources are changing. But uh, it's it's an opportunity to become a better teacher when you have a feedback loop and just the very active teaching in and of itself, even if you're not a natural teacher is just another step on that journey to mastery. Cause when you can, when teaching forces you to think, think about things, challenge assumptions, build a process, build a methodology, find an analogy and way to communicate and explain it. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, It's, it's, I know it's like cliche to say, but you learn from your students as much as they learn from you because you learn one way when you're teaching it to a room full of college kids or, uh, you know, somebody in their forties, who's like getting into WordPress for the first time, they're going to consume information different. And, and having that feedback loop is really going to, uh, improve your methods, give you better courses and add value, which then translates into, you know, more money for you probably.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well let, let me ask you get in, dig into the personal side a little bit. Uh I'm a I'm a father. I have two kids at home. Um I've jug- I have side projects. I've got, you know, the main business. I've done client work. Um now I'm really focused predominantly on Lifter LMS, the product. Um, but being a digital entrepreneur and be, being being an online educator is it can be a bit overwhelming. You know, the internet never sleeps. You know, there's boundary issues. Uh, you know, the, the phone follows you around everywhere, and whatever. Like, what, what have, what are some of your struggles with that? And um, you know, what, how have you kind of o- overcome it or found some tools that really help you along the way? Because if you're, you got a family and you're you're doing this thing, you know, you got it. You'll fall apart if you don't put things in place to like hold it together. So, what, what how's that been for you?
1: yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So uh, a few uh, basic things. Uh, I got married last June and uh, my daughter was born in March. So uh, <laughs> before I had really time to figure out to figure out married life, being a digital entrepreneur, I had to figure out married life with a pregnant wife and now a daughter. Uh, so I'm still getting the hang of that. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I am very lucky. That uh, my day job at Crowd Favorite allows me to work from home, and they gave me one month uh, family leave, um, which was excellent because I I had a lot of great time with my daughter, uh, and I got to really like settle in and think on. My life is totally different now than it was ten months ago, right? <laughs> I'm married. I have a kid. Um, what do I What do I want to do? And and I kind of knew this all ready, which is why I started WP in one month on my podcast. Uh, client work is very time consuming. Uh, you're, somebody's paying you to get something done in a finite amount of time, uh, and every hour you bill is an hour where you have to be in front of the computer. And I think probably people can glean from the fact, uh, from the things that we've been talking about, but uh, there's no such thing as passive income, but there's definitely income um, that you, you can make without being directly in front of the computer all the time. Uh, and that was that was the impetus be- behind starting uh, my two side projects. Um, as far as balance goes, I really am still trying to figure it out. Like I, I got these noise canceling headphones because every time my baby cries, I want to like comfort her, uh, even though my wife is still home. Um, so it's, that's still a learning process for me. Uh, I'm, my, my wife knows like nine to five I'm at work um, and I'll wake up early. I'll Here's the process I've been doing, I guess. Uh, I'll wake up for her early morning feeding. So she'll wake up around 5.30 or 6. I will get up with uh, my daughter. Um, I'll feed her. I'll put her back in her bassinet around 7. And from 7 to 9, I'll work on the personal stuff. Um, I'll take a break and and, you know, I'll take a break here and there to see her. And then in the afternoon, um where generally I would keep working on stuff, uh, I will spend time with the family. So and if she's sleeping and my wife is sleeping, that's when I'll take some time in the afternoon to work on other stuff. But yeah, it's tough. It's like balancing a full-time job and the side projects and a family uh is tough. So there are a a lot of things I've been thinking about and, and what I really want for the future. Um, but that's all still kind of that's for me and my mastermind group to sort out
0: right on right on so you mentioned the mastermind group so support network not doing it alone um, and just you know support on all levels like masterminds kind of for business mostly I mean it can be used for personal too but you know you have uh, family nearby and things like that to help support like you know, there's, there's so many different, it's all about support, you know, scheduling boundaries. Like I'm the same way with you. Like I get up early for me. Um, I actually have a morning routine that starts at 5.00 AM, but like some of my, my early stuff is the most like experimental me time. The world's not awake. I'm not, I'm just kind of in my own world. That's, and then my, you know, I, I have just certain blocks of time and yeah, it might take me Longer than it did, you know, when I didn't have kids and wasn't married, but I still get it done and I'm, I'm happier to have all those other things too. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's about time boxing and setting priorities. You know, I, I have my, uh, Hobonichi techno, uh, daily planner. Uh, I'll like, hold it up for you. It's just a little planner. It's a, a daily thing. So I map out my days. I've got my bullet journal where I have my priorities for the month and for the week. And so, um, you know it takes twenty minutes of of planning at the beginning of the week and maybe ten minutes each day to say, "What am I working on today uh and and get those things done is basically what I try to do.
0: That's awesome. I'm very similar. I have a similar journaling process and and, and all that and it's super helpful super helpful um, well let's let's shift gears a little bit to just um what, like, what would you advise somebody who maybe they don't have the, the extroverted personality like you, but like they really want to teach, and it doesn't feel natural? Like, what what should they kind of try to like? Where do you get the most joy out of teaching? That in surprising places.
1: Huh, that's a great question. Um, I like watching people get it is really exciting to me. Actually, you know what? Watching people get it is a lot of fun, but that's like kind of an obvious answer. Um, when people don't get it, I kind of like that because it's a new problem for me to solve. So I think in in the pre-recording, or, or maybe I said it during the show, um, when I first explained and pages to uh, a, a intro to computer course uh, group of students, they were, they're college freshmen. They all have to take this course. And I said, all right, we're going to set up a wordpress.com website. So I'm walking them through the admin. Uh, and I say, posts are blah and pages are blah. And that immediate feedback, they didn't have to say anything. They just kind of looked at me like, what? Like, like, like their faces screamed, what are you saying? Right. Um, and I had to dial it back. And I had to think, oh, man, uh, how would I explain this to somebody who's never made a website before. And resolving a problem that I've had solved for a long time was really fun. Um, And it made me think of, I had a great teacher in college, uh, Dr. McCluskey, um, probably an introverted guy, definitely a computer science guy. But uh, when we solved a problem on the board, like let's say we were like writing a program to determine if a string is a palindrome, right? Which is something that reads the same forwards and backwards. Okay. Race car is a palindrome. Um, we would talk through it and he would look at the board as if it was the first time he was solving this problem. And he would talk through it like he's never thought about it before. And that's a pretty, that's like a big common one, like computer science 101 problem to solve. And that meant so much to me that, like, he wasn't just like, well, what do you do next? Like, he was like, oh, yeah, so maybe we should remove spaces first. And, oh, yeah, we should. That's a good point. We should definitely make everything lowercase before we check, right? Because uppercase and lowercase letters are considered different by computers. And just watching him solve the problem again with our input um, is something that really stuck with me. So uh, that's, that's a lot of fun taking a problem you have had solved for maybe years and resolving it in a different concept, uh, context is awesome.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really beautiful. Um, just working with beginners and avoiding that curse of knowledge and just taking a step back and, and realizing how much, uh, that you have relegated to your subconscious mind or processes that you, you just take for assumptions, that ability to like, you know, move all that away, go back to first principles to look at like, you know, if you're going to build a, teach somebody how to build a house and you're looking at a blank, at a piece of forest or, or raw land or, uh, like the blank chalkboard and like really get inside the mind of the beginner or your student. That's, that's such good advice. And that can be really fun uh, to like, I mean, that's uh, what a gift to give somebody to, to give them an ability to see things in a new way and have new ways to solve problems.
1: Yeah, there's, there's this great XKCD comic that I reference, um, you've probably seen it, um, that I reference in my talks and it's, it's the difference between uh, saying, oh my God, you've never seen Star Wars and oh my God, you have never seen Star Wars. Like I get to show you Star Wars. Right. So uh, the idea of the comic is that there's people out there who don't know what you know and you get to show people what you know now. So, um, and that's just another thing that's like stuck with me. Like uh, I shouldn't get mad at people who have never seen Star Wars. I get to watch Star Wars with them now and they are experiencing it for the first time. I love Star Wars.
0: And there you go with another analogy. (laughs) Joe Joe Casabona, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you and honor you for coming on the show and uh, sharing your, your course building and your education entrepreneur journey with us. If people want to find out more and go check out your Beaver Builder course
1: or any of your other stuff that you've got going on, where can they find you on the web? I am jcatsabona on Twitter and most other social networks. Uh, my personal website is catsabona.org where I link to all the millions of things I'm doing and then uh, the website wpinonemonth.com, one is spelled out. So um, that's where you can find me. Uh, if, if anybody wants to say hi or reach out on Twitter or wherever, feel free to do so.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Joe, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff.